will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word. It's dependable. It's reliable. It's trustworthy. You said in your word that you magnified your word above your name. Thank you, Father, as we gather with these singles. We thank you for a spiritual impartation taking place. That, Father, those who walked in with struggles, struggles will cease. Father, those who came in with anxiety, peace will come. And we thank you in advance because Jesus always confirms the word with signs following. And so, Father, right now in Jesus' name, we declare that signs, miracles, and wonders are going to follow this word today. And we believe that and we receive that. And it's in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're in a series entitled Mirrors. Everybody say mirrors. And for those of you who may be joining us for the very first time, this series that we're in is designed to minister to married couples as well as single individuals in a unique way. Why do I say that? Well, we're taking the whole month of September. Someone say the whole month. We're taking the whole month of September and we're dividing our church by relationship status, meaning that uh, at the 9 o'clock service for the rest of the month, we'll be ministering to married couples. And then the 11 o'clock service, which you're sitting in right now, is designed for our singles. So if you're visiting us and you didn't know that, then just know that uh, for the rest of the month, if you're married, you can come to the 9 o'clock service. But if you're married, I would still stay in this service. You'll learn something. And plus, it'll help remind you not to be single anymore. Praise the Lord. All right. So uh, last week, we started a message entitled The Dressing Room. Say The Dressing Room. And uh, we did not finish that message. And so today is going to be the part two of that message. And so we've been sharing seven things you need to do and have together before you enter into any type of relationship or your God-given mate. And even if you're not interested in being married or going into any type of uh, relationship, uh, marital related, then don't worry about it because these seven things that we're giving you also relate to you as a believer in itself. All right. These are seven things that, uh, God made sure was in place before Adam met Eve. In other words, there are some things that I believe you should have in your life. You should have together before God releases the person he has for you. Amen. So, if you're taking notes uh, or you have your Bibles, I want you to write down Genesis chapter 1. Uh, and then, um, I'm not sure what verses we're going to look at, but we're going to definitely go to Genesis chapter 2 verse 8. That was Genesis chapter 1. We looked at 1 through 25, but I'm going to give a short summary and review because there's some new information that we want to give you. So, let's go back to last week. Uh, the first 
principle or dressing room principle that we gave you last week is that you must have some protocol in your life. Everybody say protocol. Protocol. And what we discovered was in Genesis chapter 1 through 1 through 25, we saw that God took the time to make sure that this earth was set up and properly ready for Adam. In other words, he said, let there be light and light came. Uh, he created the four seasons, and that's why we have summer, winter, fall, and spring. He created the fruit trees and all the other food that was set up for Adam. In other words, he, he caused order and protocol to be here in the earth before Adam even got here. And as a single person, you must, everybody say, you must. You must have some order in your life before you even try to enter or re-enter a relationship. Amen. Especially marriage. And last week we said that there are some standards that you should live your life by. Just look at your neighbor and say, you need to have some standards. You need some standards, man. There are some standards that you need to live your life by because if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And so one of the keys that we learned on last week uh, when it comes to protocol, we discovered in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, that's where I'm reading, that our first priority as a single person should be the kingdom of God. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else everybody say above all else above all else okay so my question to you is what's up what what is at the top of that nothing in other words god and his kingdom should be above all else and then he says and live righteously and he will give you everything you need you will never have watch this now you will never have protocol in your life until uh, you accept God's way of doing things. So that was the first thing. Our second dressing room principle we talked about last week is that you must have a biblical perspective of yourself. Mm. You must see you like God sees you. Everybody say, I must see me. I must see me. Like God sees me. Like God sees me. You must see you like God sees you or you will never be able to properly love yourself. Watch this. Or properly love other people. The second greatest commandment that Jesus gave us, the first one was to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But then he said the second commandment was likened to it, and that was to love your neighbor as yourself. So watch this. So if I don't love me like God loves me, I can't love my neighbor, watch this, or my future spouse the way I should be able to. The third principle that we looked at, uh, that where we ended on last week, is that you must understand how to accept and walk in God's provision. We looked in Genesis chapter 1, verse 29, when God gave to Adam seed. Everybody say seed. Seed. We read uh, the NIV, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to read it in, an, in the NIV. It says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. I want you to notice that he says he will increase, watch this, your supply of seed. Why? Think about this. When God put Adam in the garden, the reason why he gave, he put some trees there. But the reason why he made Adam pay attention to the seed in the trees of the fruit is because, think about it, had Adam not replanted seeds from the fruit of the trees, we would not have had enough trees for all the people on earth that came. Are you, are you hearing me? In other words, 
had Adam just kept eating the fruit from the trees and threw the seed away, then he never would have been able to reproduce additional trees. Without the additional trees, we would not have enough fruit for everybody here on earth. And most people, they're praying. I'm talking to somebody right now. You're praying and asking God for more money. Wrong prayer. That's right. What you need to be asking God for is more More seed. seed. And if you don't have seed in your pocket to give, whether it's to someone or the kingdom of God, it's because you either mismanaged it or God can't trust you with additional seed. Or you ate it. Oh, wow. The scripture says God gives seed to the sower, not the storer. Or the eater. Or the eater. (laughs) Or the wearer. Because some of you all are wearing your seed. Amen. Okay, so here's our fourth dressing room principle, and we're starting here today that you and I must have, or you must have in your life, because I got me one, praise the Lord, is that you must be in your God-given place. Hmm. I'm talking about seven things you must have functioning in your life before you meet a God-given mate. You must be in your God-given place. I'm going to say it like this, your set place. Watch this. Go to uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 8, okay? Because God now makes Adam, you know, he puts Adam in this garden. And I want you to see the principle here. It says, and the Lord God, watch this, planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there, everybody say there. And there he, God, put the man whom he had formed. I want you to notice that God put Adam there. Adam didn't put himself there. God put him there. Psalm 37, 23 says this, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. The living Bible of that version says the steps of good men are directed by the Lord. He delights in each step that they take. How can our steps be ordered by the Lord? How can that be? Because my steps, watch this, are in the place he put me. And listen, where God puts you is important. Where God plants you is important. The job that you're at right now, you pray for that job. You believe for that that job. So why are you so mad about the job when that's the place that God planted you? Maybe God is trying to burn some things out of you while you're on that job. Maybe God is using that supervisor to carve some of that spiritual fat off your life. Amen. God placed you there. Do you know God will place you and set you in a church? Watch this. Second, first Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18. It says, but now has God set the members, every one of them in the body as it has pleased him. Now that's talking about the body of Christ. But that principle also applies to God setting you in a church. Psalm 92.13 says this. Those that are planted, watch this, in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Say flourish. Flourish in the courts of our God. Your God-given place is where he will provide you, watch this now, with the instructions for your journey in life. Everybody say years ago. Years ago, uh, God... Spoke to me. He, he wanted me to quit my job in corporate what America. What were you doing on your job? What was I doing on my mm-hmm. job? I was working. No. I was making that cheese. 
making that butter, making that cheddar. What was your position in the job? What were you doing? Let's see here. At the time, I was a, let me see if I can put it in terms where everybody will get it. I was a distribution, I was a distribution manager over uh, the resellers of our, our company. In other words, so, we had a let's say we let's say we sold products, we sold speakers. It wasn't speakers, but let's say we sold speakers. I oversaw and managed the people that we sold the speakers to, and they sold the speakers uh, with other speakers with their system. So I oversaw those people. If y'all got that. So when that. you were in college and you used to distribute weed, and then you graduated up to. Like another set of distribution. Is that what happened? Right. This okay. is when you have others God who work for you. God took your previous experience and did something. So if you're from the streets, okay. I wasn't the only one on the streets selling the weed. I had people selling it for me. Well, that's what was in the corporate. I had people. See, you, your skills. See. <laughs> Skill set. All these people selling dope, they are just nothing but entrepreneurs. <laughs> You need to stop selling dope and sell some hope. That's what you oh, need. Oh, oh. <laughs> all right, all right. So years ago, okay. You so were years working, ago, you know, uh, and so God spoke to me. I, you I were go, making some good money. I, I was making some good money, yes. and, and uh, I have was living a single life. God told me to go to Jamaica. I moved to Jamaica, and uh, and of course, me and Pastor Sarah met each other. I'm, I'm speeding up all the details because we don't have the time for it. Because the purpose of the story is just for me to show you how being in your set place where God tells you to go, that's where your next set of instructions are going to come from. Mm. He told me to go to Jamaica. That means he's going to speak to me in Jamaica for my next set of instructions. And so I'll never forget, I asked him, when should we get married? And he, he showed us that. And he told me to get married right after I graduated. And, uh, and I didn't want to do that because I wanted to come back to the States, earn some more money because I was living off my savings for two years. And I didn't feel I had enough money to I have a decent marriage. Part. Say it again. You were doing what? I was what? Living off your what? My savings. For how many years? Two years. Smart man of God. What can I say? get you one of them yeah yeah can live off your saving for two years who can do that babe you're so good <laughs> Woo! i got me one of them good ones right there not I'll a week you lived on two nothing. whole years what? two years smart, so long smart, story short smart. we got married okay we're on our honeymoon <laughs> and i'm asking the lord yes what's my next move right I don't know what to do. I didn't know if I was going to stay in Jamaica and start a church. I didn't know what I was doing. So I want you all to put up Matthew chapter 2 verse 13 because some of you all are looking for major direction for your life. And the last thing you're doing is reading the word to try to find it. You're asking everybody. You're asking your coach. Let me tell you something to my coaches, and I ain't against coaches. But listen, your coach ain't your pastor. Your pastor ought to be your coach though. Amen. So I was asking, Lord, what do you want me to do? So here's what it says. It says in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. It says, and when, this was Mary and Joseph, mm-hmm. they were traveling. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to who? Joseph. Joseph in a dream saying, arise and take the young child who was Jesus and his mother. And I want you to flee into where, class? And then here's when I was reading this verse, it jumped off the page on me. Here's what it says. And I want you to be there until I do do what? Bring you Bring word. Your word. The Lord told me, stay right there in Jamaica. And when it's time for you to make a move, he said, stay there and I'll bring you word. So now we're on our honeymoon. 
And I woke up that morning early because I'm an early bird. And I'm praying. And uh, God speaks to me and tells me that he wants me and her to move to Arlington. All right? Well, she's Jamaican. She doesn't know where Arlington is. She doesn't know what Arlington, uh, where it's located. So she got up that morning and she came to me. She was like, babe, what is Arlington? I said, well, that's a, that's a city in Texas. Uh, and I believe that God wants us to move there. She said, well, God just spoke to me and told, told me the same thing. In other words, I didn't try to get directions for God for the next level of my journey in Dallas when he told me to stay in Jamaica until I got it. And see, some of you all are waiting for next sets of instructions, but you've left the last place he told you to be. Or you've left the last set of instructions undone. Right. He's not going to give you a second set of instructions if you haven't done the last one. Maybe you haven't heard nothing but just tithe. Maybe get out of that relationship. Maybe that's all you're hearing. Man, all I hear is the Lord just telling me I need to, I need to get rid of Juliet. Well, then, then Romeo, get busy. <laughs> so it was the next set of instructions. So watch this now. That was when God gave me my next set of instructions because he set me in Jamaica. If you are a member of this church, God's put you here. You need to get busy. Look at your neighbor and say, get busy. busy, busy, You say, well, Pastor, why are you saying that? You know, well, the scripture says, watch this now. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And this is the fifth principle right here. We're moving into it. Our fifth dressing room principle is productivity. Productivity. Genesis 2.15. You can just... uh, Stay right there. I'm going to read this one. It says, And the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to do what? Dress Dress it it and to keep it. And keep it. In other words, God made sure Adam was productive. And if you are a lazy single person, you are missing the principle for your neck, for your mate to come. Because God don't send mates to lazy people because being married is all about serving one another. Amen. He gave Adam a job. Mm-hmm. He made sure he was productive. Say productive. And you should be productive personally. You should be productive professionally. And you should definitely be productive spiritually. Yeah, a lot of times people wait for that person to come in and they say, I'll you wait. Know, well, well let, or they say, you know, when they come together, I can do that. When really you need to be fulfilling God's purpose and God's call on your life already. And I find that it's when your purpose becomes bigger than just you, that's when the partner comes into play. But a lot of times we try to find a partnership first and then go after the purpose and right. try to be productive and go, okay, well, when I have two incomes and I could do this. No, God is a God of principle and he operates under the operation of faithfulness. And he says in, you know, in John, when you're faithful in little things, then you can be trusted with bigger things. Well, if you cannot be faithful over governing and be productive with your own self, you cannot be productive in a relationship with somebody else. If you and I cannot be doing what we're doing based on our, our, product, our, our purpose being so big that we have to get somebody to join in with us but you don't need to wait get your own house 
pay your own bills. Yes. Believe your own God for your own self. And when that person comes alongside of you, they shouldn't have to be, I mean, I see this all the time where you are the one doing stuff and you, you, you may be a, a, a lady. I see it a lot of times more with ladies, not sure. And they get, get, they're doing their thing. They have their house and they meet somebody and, and then that guy is moving into your house. Why? No. No. Mm. Why he in an apartment and you in a house? No. That's a sign right there. Stop. Let him get, let him get to a place where purpose can work. Because right now, you, what ends up happening is they come into your thing, and then when it's time for, for order and structure to come into the home, you feel gypped. Well, let me tell you what happens with single people. I'm just saying, I mean, let me I've tell been you what happens. in a long time. They're spiritually growing. They're spiritually yes. maturing. And then they meet a spiritual baby. Well, and, flasher, now, yeah. and now they start baby. They think they're dating, but they're not dating. They're babysitting. Baby but you know, like fly, like flies get attracted, right? Flies or, or like flies, yeah, get attracted to light, light. I find too, another thing is that when people are in their spiritual sweet spot, meaning they're growing and they're glowing with the Holy Spirit and they're in that space where they don't even want a relationship is when trash gets attracted to them and it gets distracted. They get distracted by the trash because all it is is something I need to pull from your light to supply me versus the both of us come together and we tear this thing up. No, I need you and I want to drain you to supply me. That's what happens when you're in your sweet spot with the Lord. You're doing right, walking right, living right. You know you got confidence before God. Things start clicking and popping for you. I'm telling you, as Sarah is my name, a distraction is going to come your way. It's a, it's a spiritual baby. And I hope when you meet them, all you hear is, Mommy, Mommy, Draining, draining, draining. Every two hours you got to feed them. Every two hours. All they do is eat and sleep, eat and sleep, eat and sleep. No, no. No. Eat, poop and, and sleep. sleep. Hey! Eat, poop, and sleep. Loose them and let them go till they can walk on their own. You, as a single person, mm. God has set you in his house. You need to get addicted to ministry. Yeah. You you're addicted to Facebook. You're addicted to Twitter. You're addicted to Snapchat. But you need to get addicted to his house. You say, well, Pastor, that sounds real strong. First yes, Corinthians chapter you're 16. Because you in the house and you're, trying, you, you're, you're planted in the house and yet you want to get somebody out the club or somewhere else. It's not going to work. They're going to pull you. I'm telling you, I've tried it. Just trust me on it. This going around evangelism, this dating evangelism, I'm like, I'm evangelizing them. If I'm just nice enough to them, then maybe they'll come to the Lord's side. They're not coming because you don't have a standard. So there's no respect for you because they know they can get you to compromise. So why would they ever have to come for you? Why marry the cow when the milk is free? I don't know. All they have to do. Let me tell y'all how to get rid of people right up front. This is what you do. do? All you have to do is use key words. Uh-huh. When you meet people, just use key words. When you're sitting down with them, just use key words. I'm not going to have sex with you. That's the biggest no. one. Boom, words, boom, boom. words like tithe. And Come if they think church. it's detergent, run. <laughs> use words like celibate. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, they know what that means though. And they'll be like, what? Celibate? Oh, so uh, is that something you're doing right now? Yes. Trust me. You won't have to worry about them having your number no more. Because they will not be calling you. 
Amen. So listen, 1 Corinthians 16, 15. We need to hurry up because I got to get to this part right here. I beseech you, brethren, that you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to Facebook. Oh, I like that. Addicted. What did it say? What did they addicted themselves to? To ministry of the saints. Hmm. Addicted. You need to be involved in the church that God has planted you. And see, some of y'all are saying, well, pastor, I'm doing that right now. And my response would be, good, keep doing it. Addicted. You know, my mom was an addict, so I understand this word, addicted. Something that's controlling you that you cannot let go. Look, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. That's addiction. That is what? addiction. Yeah, what in but, your life? But some addictions are, are not bad. To? Some addictions no, some are not are good. bad. Yeah. I'm addicted to you. It's good. Hey. Hey. Keep going. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Watch what it says. Therefore, my brethren, my single brethren, my single sisterin, sisterin, is that a word? That's a Rastafarian word. Well, sisterin. Sisterin. Idol. Idol. Be steadfast. Woo. What's the next word? Unmovable. Unmovable. What's the next word? Always. Come, come on, single people. Come on, single people. Always, always doing what? Abounding. Abounding in the work of the... You ain't got time to date foolishness. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain here uh, with the Lord. Here's a question I want to ask you. Can God count on you? Oh my Can God. God count on you to do his work? Or is he always having to dispatch somebody else to do what he asked you to do, but you didn't do it? No, we've seen that happen where God has given us ideas and we didn't move on those ideas. Like somebody we, else came up somebody with it. Somebody came up with it. And we were like, man, they became a millionaire off of that. And he was like, y'all just lazy. Y'all just didn't do it. So I had to call somebody else. Mm-hmm. I released it in the earth and it was, it, you, you could have had it. That's what happened with us, with even with, with planting this church. God told you, you you weren't his first choice. No, somebody said no. And so here it is. I'm walking in the blessing he wanted them to have. What? But it sure feel good. Amen. So many singles have too much time on your hands. And that's why you don't have a productive life. Amen. You busy looking at everybody else's life. First Peter chapter 4, verse 15 says, But let none of you suffer as a murderer oh my. or as a thief. Or as an evildoer, watch this. Or as a busybody in other men's matters. You checking Instagram, see what, how many followers they got. You checking your Facebook. Facebook is old for this crowd, so let's use Twitter. No, you checking Twitter? How many on Facebook? Let me see your hand. All right, good. All right, good. All right. See. Maybe other people's lives look interesting because you ain't doing nothing interesting for yours. My God is able. (laughs) Here's principle number six, real quick. We got to get to this. Here's principle number six. Mm. Here's a a dressing room principle. And that is, you must live by a pattern. They all start with a P. Live by a pattern. Watch what God says to man after he provided him with protocol. He gave him provision. He put him in a set place. He gave him something productive to do. And now he's about to give this man a pattern. Genesis 2.16, it says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Let me just say this. It wasn't an apple tree. 
It tells us what kind of tree it is. It was the tree called the knowledge of good and evil. That's what kind of tree it was. He says, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. For in the day you eat it, you shall surely die. God gave Adam a pattern. And this pattern, watch this now, was designed to protect Adam, not to prevent Adam. He told Adam, in essence, there are more things that I'm allowing you to do, Adam, as my son. But there's just one thing I don't want you to do, Adam. Because, see, listen, there were tons of trees in the garden. I'm going to list some of them. They had lemon trees, pear trees, mango trees, pineapple trees, pecan trees, plum trees, peach trees, olive trees, apricot trees, coconut trees, almond trees, papaya trees, cherry trees, grapefruit trees, cashew trees, apple trees. So why in the world did you pick the one tree he told you not to mess with? Why are you picking that one person he told you not to mess with? Why out of all the saved Christians that we have on this earth, why are you dating an unsaved person? Why do we do that one thing that we know we're not supposed to do? Why do we pick that one person today that we know we're not supposed to? It's because we don't believe it's bad for us. But we don't believe God's right. Look, God gave all these options to Adam because he wanted Adam, watch this now, to stay away from this one tree. Why? Because he was protecting Adam. Yes, yes. And God gave us a pattern for us to live by called the Bible. Listen, uh, 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 that's why sex before marriage, it's not good. It is negative. You say, well, Pastor, it feels good. Something can feel good and be bad. You know, there was a study, I posted it on my Instagram this week, that there was a study that came out in the news that showed that teenagers who date are more depressed and have mental problems than teenagers who don't. So when you start that, the scripture says in Solomon, don't awaken love before it's time. There's a reason why God puts that in place. And no science is just catching up to it. But God had already established it because he already knew there was a detrimental thing. When you awaken something, you get involved in something that you're not supposed to at the time. And that leads us to our last oh, principle. Oh, it. it does it, okay. And that is the final dressing room principle is to be biblically picky. Oh, I'm going to use a, a Bible word, discerning. In Genesis 2.18, watch what happens. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. Notice what he says. I will make him a help me. I will make. No, no. Not you will take. He says, Ooh. I will make. Oh, that's good. God will make him. Make him Verse please. 19. And so out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Watch this. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to all the fowls of the air and to every beast of the field. But I want you to hear me today, singles. But for Adam, there was not found a help meet for him. Adam had enough discernment to know that what he was looking for was not in front of him. And this is the problem. I'm going to give you a take-home statement here. Until you have enough discernment to reject the second best, you will never receive God's best. See, you need to be biblically picky. 
Oh, it's okay to be picky because what you're looking for should match the Word of God. And there are many believers, single people, they don't have discernment to even determine if the person that's in front of them it's the person God wants them to have and because they don't have discernment they end up in relationships watch this now because I'm going somewhere and these relationships end up producing soul ties that tear them down the rest of their life and see some of y'all think you're ready to get married you're not you know why you're not because you have too many active soul ties in your life right. right now Soul ties are like, you ever seen those shows um, in the old days when they had the puppeteers? They call marchionettes, I think, dolls. And a soul tie is there's an invisible force that manipulates and controls you because your soul got tied. Because you have to remember that when you have intercourse, you enter into the course of someone's life. And so do their demons, so do their depressions, so do whatever they have enters into your course. So you are no longer fighting just what you are dealing with. You're also fighting what has come into the course of your life. That is why when you can medically look and they they do um, a rape kit and they take the fluid from their looking, they can see who has entered into the course because it mixes in and it begins to manipulate you from a distance. You don't even have to be physically in your life anymore because your soul bonded. Well, and that's called a stronghold. And here's the thing. Many married people, their marriages were doomed before they got married because when they got married, it wasn't just, that, them. It wasn't just them. They got married with a whole lot of other soul ties. And let me tell you something. You can get a soul tie without even having sex with a person. Yes. If you just spend some time, enough time with a person, then you begin to get a soul tie. And here's the sad thing. I believe one of the biggest enemies to single people who want to get married, that have been married before, it's those people who have a better challenge, bigger challenge to even have another failed marriage. Because people who've been married before, they have this mindset, well, I haven't been through this before, so I know what I, I, know what I don't want. Yeah, but, but you don't know what you want. So here it is now, because you've been down that road before, there's a part of you that's not open to discernment and doing it God's way because in your mind you say, well, I know what I'm not going to do. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. Soul ties are real. Mm-hmm. And so what, there's, some, there's a lot of you in this room that need to break some soul ties. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm going to read Galatians chapter 5, verse 7. And this is why this is serious. The reason why you keep going back is because the strength of that soul tie. I'll tell you uh, uh, one of the examples you can uh, look at. Because as you all know, I mean, I was like a dataholic. So I've had many soul ties I had to break myself. So one particular soul tie was really hard for me to break. Because this is the person, when you first get with that person, and you give yourself that person, that first person, you know, they said the first is whatever. I don't know about that. It was very painful, so I didn't see no fun in all that. But, um, okay, but anyway, we had the soul tie. But what happened is that years later, even though I had broke up with the person, when that song came on, my mind thinks automatically of that person and in that space. And it used to happen where then all of a sudden a text would come, how are you doing? How do you know I was thinking of you? When 
How that happen? Soul tie. They can be in a whole other country thinking of me and be pulling my soul because I was attached to them. And all of a sudden, now I'm thinking of them when there's no reason for me to think of them. They're not even in my space, my mode, nothing. But something can trigger that. Or something, sometimes you're dreaming and somehow they get into your dream and you're like, what? Find out, oh, I was thinking about you yesterday. What? Soul time. Listen. And I had to break, that, break the, the power of that well, soul time. Well, we're going to do that. Because it doesn't make you freely give yourself to the person you need to because parts of you are still given to other people. Listen to what Galatians chapter 5 verse 7. I'm leaving, reading out of the New Living Translation. He says, you were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God. For he is the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I am trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings, being in bad relationships, that God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. And there are some people today that need to break some soul ties. And I wish I had the time to lay hands on every single one of you because some of these soul ties are keeping you from discerning the person that God has for you. Soul ties spiritually blind you to the person that God can have for you. And what, why you're blinded? Because soul ties connect to your emotions. And this is why you can't make a good choice because your soul has been tied up with all these other people that you've been with. You may have stopped, you may have stopped you know, sleeping around. But all the people you slept with before that, if you didn't break that soul tie, that's why you can't watch Beyonce's Destiny Child say my name, say my name. You can't watch it because they used to say your name. Your mind will go all the way back. So here's what I want to do. I have a prayer that I believe will break every soul tie you have been under. But after I pray this prayer, if you want to stay after we release service, if you want to stay and have Pastor Sarah and I, I to lay our hands on you, I got some oil too. If you want to stay, and we're talking about church is going to be over, but if you want to stay, just come down here and we're going to lay hands on you. But I want you to close your eyes and receive this prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare over these singles today, that greater is he that is in them than he that is in the world. I declare that every soul tie that has tangled up, tied up, hurt, twisted, torn, and defiled their souls be broken today in Jesus' name. Because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I declare that they will never be entangled again with the yokes of bondage of these soul ties. And Father, give them now next level discernment so that they will avoid every wrong relationship and connection in the future. Holy Spirit, disconnect them from people who are not good for them and remove these people from their lives. Those whom the devil has planted and sent to derail them and depress them and distract them to destroy them. In Jesus' name, I declare it is not so. 
It is not so. And Father, we know that by the Spirit of God, spiritual things can take place. And so in the mighty name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, begin to now go inside of the hearts and the souls of these, in, these singles and begin to remove. And some of you all are going to have some people that come to your mind and just renounce that soul tie. All you have to do is say, I renounce that soul tie in say, Jesus' I renounce. name. I renou- in fact, just say, I renounce that soul tie in Jesus' name. I renounce that soul tie attached to between me and that person, I release myself from their influence, from their control, and from their power. Wow, the Lord is showing me soul ties are so powerful that you have picked up the habits of some of those people. Some of the people that you created soul ties with, you now have some of their habits. That only became because you, had a, you got a soul tie with them. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. That's Thank you, Father. Yeah, that's what you say. You say, I renounce, I release, and I sever every soul tie between me and so and so. I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind, over my soul. I close every door that was open to their influence. I revoke their authority in my life. And I cancel every assignment from coming to fruition in my life. I call it futile. I receive my soul as whole, washed with the blood and reconnected only to the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Listen. In Jesus' name. There are some people. There are some people. This is going to sound crazy. But you have to even cut the soul tie off from a previous marriage. Even though you were married under God. I'm talking about, I'm not just talking about divorced people now. You may be here, you may have lost your spouse. You have to now, you have to say, Lord, because remembering, if, if you maintain the soul tie with your previous spouse, you will always have a judgmental type heart towards anybody else that comes because you are silently, you are silently judging the people that are coming from the person that you used to be with. You got to release that. Even though it was a po- Because you can have a positive soul tie. But if they're no longer here. You have to let them go. Let it go. It, you're not letting the love that you have for that person go. But you have to let go of the tie. Because if you don't. Now you can keep the tie. If you don't ever want to be married again. You can keep it. But if you want to be in a next level relationship. Hallelujah. Mm. Some of you are tethered. Sounds like I say a tether ball. Thank you, Jesus. And you can only go so far because the soul tie holds you. There's a lot of things you want to do, and it's always like you feel like you get to one level and then there's something that doesn't break. It's because you're tethered to something else versus being tethered to God. When you're tethered to God, the range is limitless. When you're tethered Thank to a person, you, you can only go as far as they'll let you go. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today.